ghosts, cryptids, murder, conspiracies, beer, what, the, ale. Hello, friends, and welcome back to What the Ale. I'm Alana Ray. And I'm Mama Jane. And um, I guess we want to start off today's episode by checking in about what our What the Ale moments were this week. So, Mama, do you want to start? Yeah, I think my What the Ale moments for this week were um, last week your uh, baby sister started high school. Um, and I can't believe that my baby girl is a freshman in high school. It's time goes so fast. And then mm-hmm. on Wednesday, your sibling started senior year of high school. And wow. I don't know if you remember senior year, but your senior year for me went by like a blink. And so I'm a little shocked that I have a freshman daughter and a, a senior child. Um, they're both <laughs> starting school and you know, getting ready to launch and move on. And it's exciting and terrifying. And (laughs) that's my what the hell. I can't believe how old you all are. Wow, mom. Thanks for, uh, you know, (laughs) know, putting it out there that we're old. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. It just Um, goes very fast. No, I agree with that. I, I, I mean, I feel like when I, and it freaks me out that, uh, she was, she's starting high school. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, Wild, wild. Um, what was your what the ale moment this week? <laughs> uh, it's been a pretty crazy week over here. I feel like um, I just have a lot going on in general. But I think my most interesting what the ale moment um, was that I <laughs> I was driving to work today and. Um, unfortunately for me someone put a dumpster in the bike lane and I guess I was a little too close to the bike lane and it hit my side mirror and my mirror shattered so I I know (laughs) so it's okay it's held together with some desperation and duct tape right now um it's just cracked but at least I think I'll only have to replace the mirror and not the whole unit thing so that's a good sign but um yeah yeah, that was a real, like, at 8.30 in the morning, driving to work, just like, why? <laughs> yeah, and it's a pain in the ass to have to deal with it now that it's done. <laughs> yeah, but it's, you know, it's fine. We're just gonna, at least I'm not driving my car again until Tuesday, so I can kind of, you know, let it happen. Um, also, Mama, what are you drinking? We're kind of long distance here, so I didn't get to prep with you today. I know. So today I'm doing a North Coast Brewing Company Old Rasputin, (laughs) Mm. which is delicious. And um, the thing on the logo on here says never say die. (laughs) So Like Goonies. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I'm a fan of a Goonie. So (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think it works for me. I think Rasputin was quite the Goonie. You know, the man literally was they tried to assassinate him like four times. So good for him. Um, yeah, what about no. you? What are you drinking? Well, I'm kind of breaking the rules and having wine. Um, <laughs> and I am drinking a menage a trois Cabernet Sauvignon, and it is very yummy. I'm drinking it out of my um sideways glass that says the very famous quote of if anyone orders Merlot, I am leaving, I'm not drinking any fucking Merlot. 
So okay, that's a class made with love by your mama. <laughs> exactly. I felt like you know I'm not having. I was out of beer. I only had white claws, and I was like, do I want white claws or wine? So I decided on wine. <laughs> if you have not seen the movie Sideways. Um, it's it's got sad parts and really funny parts and some funny commentary so highly recommend um and it will make you laugh and make you cry <laughs> it's like old school paul giamatti and sandro from like the early 2000s it's, it's wonderful <laughs> yeah and i think that was sandra o's first big gig i think her husband was the director and that was her yeah. first gig that was before uh you know she became doctor and all the things you know yeah oh she's so good yeah. um but yeah, well, um, aside from our little check-in, I know today is a mama-centric episode. So what is your theme? Are you sharing that? I'm excited. I have no idea what's happening. Well, and this is a story that you won't know. And I know you know a lot of the stories. So I think this is a story you won't know. Um, but uh, I wanted to share with everybody that I recently was in Australia and New Zealand um, for the Women's World Cup, holla, support women's Woo-hoo. sports. Um, and I have a fabulous time. Yeah. Well, Even though we're you know, out, but, you know. <laughs> so good this year. I know, I kept having to change who I was rooting for. So, of course, that was USA, and then they were out, and then I was rooting for uh, Nigeria because my um, middle child has a, one of the old coaches was on that team. And then I was also rooting for Jamaica only because, you know, those women had to get a GoFundMe to get there and underdogs but they did that yeah gonna root for some underdogs so I did that um and now they're both out and so now it's England and who Spain it's England and Spain well vamos España like let's go I mean I love Spain (laughs) we walked the Camino this year so yeah I'm rooting for Spain all the way um, yeah. So yeah, but anyways, I really enjoyed my time in Australia and New Zealand. So I kind of wanted to do a story from one of those areas. Awesome. Um, and I found this uh, story. So it's a little bit spooky and a little bit murdery. And Ooh. I know that we have not done any murdery things yet. Um, so oh, they're um, coming but- though. <laughs> huh? I said they're coming though. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's a really sad, there's some sad cases associated with this place that I'm going to talk about. Um, and then some ghosty things, um, that come from that too. Um, so the place that I am talking about is actually called the street with no name. And it's this, um, you know, it's like a paved path. It's right alongside of a viaduct, um, that's near Jubilee park. And um, there's a there's a train track that it's kind of runs alongside of um, and the train station was shut down, which I'll get into, you know, when it was shut down and all of that. Um, and the train track has now reopened as a light rail. Um, but this area known as the street with no name has been closed off. It is completely fenced up. You're not allowed in. Um, there is a sign that says uh, there's danger because there's a crane at work, but nobody has ever seen a crane in there. Um, yeah. And it's completely like uh, overgrown and, you know, um, just not inhabited and, and they're not doing the gardening and all of that. So it's just the street that's, you know, overgrown and completely fenced in and you can't access it. What? I mean, so. I mean, I guess you're going to get into it, but I'm just curious yes. why they're doing that. 
Yeah, so I'm going to start with the sad history that goes along with this area um, because there were um, some, uh, you know, deaths and murders. Um, there, there were, um, there's six different murders that were, or, or deaths that were described um, in the research that I did. Um, there's only three of them, um, or there's three children and one adult that were proven, like where I can actually prove. There are two that seem a little more, uh, you know, maybe urban legendy, but I'm going to tell you about all of them. Um, okay. So um, there's uh, there's three deaths of children in this story. Um, so I want to do a trigger warning for that. Um, I'm not going to get too into the details, but I will say briefly how they passed away. And, um, and you know, so I just want to give a warning for that. Um, okay. So um, it's a place that, um, you know, people say has a really eerie feeling. And a lot of that is due to the history. Mm-hmm. So there was um, in, in 19, well, there was first in, a, I'll say in 1966 or 68, depending on which resource I use, um, there was a story in this one, not sure if it's true or not, but it's one of the maybe urban legends, maybe real story. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a dark story that there was a um, an elderly man who, um, you know, he was like a railway worker. Um, his name was Jacques. And he was trying to rescue an injured possum at, that had been killed by the train. And it was foggy and dark. And, um, and you know, so the, he was hit by a train. You know, he didn't hear it, didn't see it coming. And he was hit by a train and, and killed there. And mm. so... There are some stories that say the train, you know, railroad was shut down after that incident. Um, but again, that could be urban legend or that could be real. We're not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the three stories of the children that we know are real. So this would be two years after that incident. Um, there was a little boy named Simon and he was kidnapped out of his yard. Um, mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, you know, 1130 you know, 12 in the, in the morning afternoon. Um, and the next day his body was found, um, near the viaducts and, um, he was suffocated, um, and had balls of newspaper stuffed in his throat. Mm-hmm. And he is somebody that his murder remains unsolved. There was another little girl killed elsewhere that had nothing to do with this area that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was, for a while, they thought that that killer might be associated with Simon's death, mm-hmm. um, but they just didn't. So he was convicted of, of the other murder of the little girl, um, okay. but there just wasn't enough evidence to convict him of Simon's murder. So Simon's murder remains unsolved. Um, oh, poor baby. I know. Well, and just, you know, what a horrible way to go and such a, such a young one, you know? Yeah. Um, kids, kid murders are hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, and these two, you know, I really do want to give a trigger warning because there's also, um, sexual assault involved in these. Okay. Um, so in 1974, um, the body of a 12 year old boy named Gary John Berkemeyer, uh, was found along that railway railroad embankment. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had extensive injuries to his head. Um, they think he was bludgeoned with a rock. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
he had been sexually assaulted. Oh, poor baby. Uh, I know. And then seven months later, only 50 meters away from where his body was found, uh, mm-hmm. they found another 12-year-old boy, um, and his name was Wayne Nixon. And um, he was actually stabbed multiple times. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, he was stabbed in his arm, leg, um, chest, and then one, they described it as extremely deliberate um, wound to his heart, like through his heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, it turned out that, um, you know, both of the boys had been lured there by another teenager, a 17 year old, mm-hmm. um, who had said, you know, I'll pay you if you help me move these boxes I need to move. Um, one of the boys brought like a six year old, um, like neighbor kid with him mm-hmm. and, you know, the, um, the murderer, Mark Gregory, had told the boy, the younger boy, to wait while he was going to have the older boy help him. Mm-hmm. And then after he killed him, he came out and just told the little boy, oh, I paid him all the money and I sent him home. So you just go home. And the little boy, you know, didn't say anything that night because he just thought the boy went home. And the right. next day when he wasn't in school, then he came home and told his mom what had happened the day before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, but the, the boys who was murdered, his mom had already reported him, but now that they had more detail about who it was and that kind of thing. Um, so the 17 year old that committed these crimes, he was, um, uh, you know, he was found, he had thrown the knife away in a garbage can. Um, Mm -hmm. and then he had made some calls to the police to like, try to throw them off. But then, you know, they realized that he was the actual murderer. So the following year he was tried. And found guilty of both of the murders. Oh wow! Um, yeah. Um, so those are you know three of the deaths that have been proven. We do know those happen, and all of the bodies were found along that area. Yeah, I was um, gonna say the the two little boys. I think Morbid did that case. Oh really? Because the they did old? like they did like uh they did an episode of like all just like creepy australian murder type thing so it was like several like smaller cases that like wouldn't fill like one whole episode but i think that was one of them because that name is familiar to me yeah and then um there was another one and this is one of the ones that um you know there wasn't a lot of details on and you know mm-hmm. obviously some of the websites say we think this might be urgent urban legend because there's just not a lot of detail that can be found and i couldn't find a lot of detail um mm-hmm. but i'm just gonna put it out there because it was part of the you know what i was able to find so it just said that um in the 70s the girl's body um was reported to be dumped in the car park nearby um mm-hmm. and then it said police investigations indicate that she might have been a victim of sydney's first satanic panic murder um but okay you know some of the reading that i did just said that it just seemed like people were caught up in the you know all of the details of satanic panic and you know mm-hmm. kind of you know it just seemed like a little urban legendy not you know not enough evidence to prove that it was true um yeah. yes, i couldn't find anything to back that up but i do want to put it out there as it's an urban legend around this area okay um and then in um, 2000, um, there was a homeless man um, named Reg Malville. And okay. he, um, you know, there were signs and things warning not to, you know, be in this area and not to sleep in this area. Um, okay. But he 
you know, went ahead to sleep. I mean, he was a houseless friend. He needed somewhere to rest. And so he mm-hmm. went in there to sleep um, and he was found bludgeoned to death um, on the grandstand of the railroad. Um, and mm-hmm. the details say that, um, you know, there was so much blood from the beating that happened to him that they had to replace several of the wood slats in the grandstand. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So lots of different things that, you know, were very tragic. Um, you know, uh, some of them maybe urban legends, but the, there are several that we know were true. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I want to describe a little bit about this area um, because there's the railway and um, and then there's a viaduct, you know, so it's, you know, the bridge that has the arches and the columns. Um, and that's what divides the railroad from the the street with no name. And okay. um yeah, so um, and you know, it it looks that area looks really beautiful. You know, like I said, it's it's right on the edge of Jubilee Park. Um, and so um so they, you know, they at some point, you know, they decided to close off the street with no name and you know, because of the history or whatever. Um, and so it's completely blocked off and the viaducts, you know, where the arches are, um, they even filled that in. And, you know, so it's like they made storage space in there now. And so, um, you know, you can't get through that way. You know, normally you could walk under the bridge mm-hmm. and it's all co- it's all um, enclosed now as storage space. So you can't get through there. Um, and people that rent the storage space have have called it the tomb. Um, you know, because mm. of the deaths that have been near there. Um, wow. Like I said, they did, you know, once they shut down the railroad, you know, for a time, they did reopen it as a light rail. So now there are light rail trains that run through there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the park is still closed off. Now, people that are, you know, locals that, you know, live around that area and are, are familiar with the history and all of that stuff, they describe, you know, some ghosty happenings around there. Um, and so they describe things like, you know, when animals, uh, you know, dogs and things like that are being walked past that area, um, they start acting very strangely, you know, mm-hmm. they start um, acting fearful or barking at things that nobody else can see. Um, so the animals are act- reacting to that area. They also say small children react to that area and seem you know, hesitant to walk by. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, people say there's just like a strong sense of like foreboding or um, sadness, you know, that overcomes you when you're walking through that area. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they say they do describe feeling colder than it should be for the weather in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it seems like a lot of people just avoid that area altogether. Um, and, um, so, you know, it just, you know, there's the history of, of the murder and death. And then there's this other part where, you know, I don't know if it's unsettled spirits, um, you know, but, but just that, you know, but again, it's not like a scary, it's more of a sadness that goes along with that area. And so, you know, to me, that would make sense given the history. Yeah. I think that like whole like energy shift change thing is so interesting with like lots of ghost places too. Like, the idea that something feels really heavy, but like you only feel it if you're there. Like, and what is that? And you yeah. know, it's so I mean, I feel like there are places 
you know, maybe even I've been where like, I didn't know a history and I was like, something feels heavy here, like whatever. And I don't know what, you know, like that's some sort of energy I don't understand. It's above my uh, knowledge base, but I feel like it's, it's a thing and it's hard and it's heavy. And are there like people who feel like there's anything like ominous there aside from just like the feeling or yeah so you know it really doesn't sound like they think you know I mean there are some websites that are like is this an evil space um you know but really it doesn't sound like most people's take is that there's Mm -hmm. like some kind of evil thing or that you know there's some kind of um thing that makes people do bad things there or anything like that you know most people just describe it as like that sadness and like Mm -hmm. um just shift in emotion Um, so yeah, most people don't describe it as an evil feeling, but definitely feeling like there are spirits around. Um, there was, um, you know, and I don't know if I have it in my notes, I might have to look back, but there was one, um, uh, video that you could look at on YouTube, um, Mm -hmm. where, you know, a man like kind of walks you through, um, there's like a hole carved out of the fence. And so, like, he walked through that and, like, just shows you how overgrown it is and everything. Um, and um, and then, you know, he walked around and the entire, I mean, just the section of the street is just entirely fenced up. Um, yeah. And you can see where the viaduct is and you can see where the railroad is and all of that. Um, you know, so, you know, it's just interesting, um, you know, to see that that was the choice that was made. And it doesn't sound like there's any plans to reopen it. Like there's no communication from the city or whoever makes these decisions mm-hmm. about like why it was closed or when it will open, you know, right. so people are assuming it's because of the history, because there's not much out there about that. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Like, I just want to know, like, I hate when like cities are like, oh, we're just not going to talk about that. And it's like, well, what's when again, there? Like why- the sign <laughs> says warning crane is working and there's no construction right. or anything like that in the park um or in that street you know so mm-hmm. to have a sign that says the crane is working so it's unsafe when that's clearly not the case um mm-hmm. but yeah, I guess maybe officials don't want to say we're closing it because it's got a a creepy vibe yeah I almost wonder like this is totally conspiracy theory but I always like with something like that I think about like people who find doors in the side of mountains and are like, why is there a door? Like, why, what is this here for? And a lot of people are like, oh, it's a government conspiracy. Like, I wonder if there's anything like that to it. I don't know if that is something you found, but. No, but, um, <laughs> yeah, but, but again, there, there's just not, they're not putting out much about why the decision was made to close off, but it's closed hmm. off. Um, it's been closed off for years. So. Wow. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, you know, but the the whole you catch a vibe from a place thing, you know, the so I didn't go to that area when I was in Australia. I didn't know about that mm-hmm. um, yet. And this um, was in Sydney? This was in Sydney, yeah. Okay. And but my friend and I, you know, my friend that I was traveling with is a little bit of a history buff. And so um we decided to go when we were walking down towards the water, we decided to go to um Hyde Park Barracks. Mm-hmm. And we knew nothing about it. <laughs> you know, we just knew, you know, it it was a historical place, whatever, you know, and you could do the audio tour and all of that. And so we did that. And, um, you know, it is interesting that, you know, you walk into a space like that and you do feel something, you know, it just feels there's a sadness, there's an anger, there's a something, you know, and that was a space where, um, you know, they, I mean, they kept people in really bad conditions. Um, 
you know, some of the people were uh, criminals um, that they had brought from Ireland, but they brought them over saying they were going to rehabilitate them um, and then use them for slave labor. Um, and they, oh. you know, they had these people build Hyde Park, not realizing that that was what was going to imprison them. Um, I, you know, we love we love the colonizers, don't I we? I know, you know, but there, but those kind of things. Well, and it's sad, you know. You go to a different country and you hear these colonization stories that are very much like what happened in America, you know, where they, um, you know, take land from indigenous people and. Um, you know, and yeah, in this case, bringing um, slave labor from Ireland and all of that. Um, yeah. but, you know, it just you hear these stories. And yeah, I mean, there there was definitely a vibe and, um, you know, and they had uh, these uh, screens where, um, you know, Aboriginal people would uh, um, share stories of, like what was taken from their their family members, their ancestors um, yeah. and, you know, how they're coping or you know, whatever the things have been. And yeah, I mean, so many of those stories seem so familiar to stories of America. Um, yeah. But yeah, you walk through there and just the conditions and very sad. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's like when you're in a really historical place, like even, you know, recently, like I was in Atlanta and I didn't go in, but like I went by Martin Luther King's church and like, obviously, you know, it's a church. It's there. It's not, you know, anything, but like there was an energy there. Like you could tell something happened there aside from the fact that you knew Martin Luther King was there, but yeah, it's just, um, it's so just interesting when you have those feelings, I guess that like, I always wonder if like people who maybe don't have empathy, you know, like if they get those feelings or if they're completely oblivious to that. And it's like the more empathetic or sensitive people, you know, have, those feelings um yeah that would be my guess is that people that (laughs) probably don't feel that but um yeah but yeah it's just you know it's interesting to see though you know some a place with such a sad history and you know even if you're going there not knowing what it is you can still feel the energy you know Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah, so yeah um, I'm just curious for my own learning and maybe for you know, we could do this for a future episode, but did you hear any sort of interesting, like Aboriginal, I mean, stories or, you know, legends, history type things, anything like that while you were there? I didn't hear any, um, you know, legends or anything like that. I mean, all the stories that I heard were from that uh, museum. Um, So those were all just sad stories (laughs) of being colonized and having land taken and being enslaved. Um, There was a lot of um, children Mm-hmm. Um, Aboriginal children that were enslaved, um, you know, and forced to work, you know, even though they were too young to be doing that kind of labor and taken from their families and all the things. So, um, you know, but again, that was all from Hyde Park Barracks um, that I heard those stories. Yeah. We did do a tour of like, um, oh, this was in New Zealand though, but we did a tour um, that like took you into a rainforest area and all of that. And oh. our tour guide, you know, did talk a lot about colonization and how much that's, you know, mm-hmm. really um, disrupted a lot of people's lives. And people are still dealing with, you know, families are still dealing with after effects, you know, um, generations later, you yeah. know, of trying to recover land or trying to um, get some kind of reparations or things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it just all sounded really familiar. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, both of the, you know, New Zealand and Australia, I mean, it was my first time in either of those places and they're such beautiful places and they're, um, 
the people there are just amazing people. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, in Sydney, I mean, it has really interesting architecture. You know, we wandered around, we went to the garden, um, the botanical garden and, um, you know, there were so many beautiful things to see, but yeah, you, you hear these things that with this dark history, um, yeah. there were also some, you know, and I, again, I don't know if this part is true because I only found this on two different sites. Um, mm -hmm. There were also some rumors that like in the eighties, that area um, had some incidents of gay bashing. Um, hmm. But I, I mean, I'm not anything. shocked, but yeah, I couldn't find anything specific to that area when it comes to that. Um, mm -hmm. There were other areas um, where they, there was clear, clearly documented by the police incidents of gay bashing um, okay. and the sad, you know, one of the sad stories that I read there. And I, again, I know this has nothing to do with the street that has no name. It was just while I was yeah. reading, I came across some of these things. Um, but one of the things said there's like a cliff, um, you know, where you know it's pretty and you can go up and look, overlook and whatever. But um, mm -hmm. there was a story that I read where they would take people up there and um, either push them off the cliff or, you know, kind of, um, I don't know, taunt them and get closer and closer until people edged off the cliff. Oh. Uh, and so, you know, those were things that um, seem to be, you know, proven and, uh, and again, nothing to do with the, the street that has no name, but um, just because, you know, I had seen that there could have been potential gay bashing, you know, mm -hmm. I kind of rabbit hold into this other area because that's a sensitive topic for me. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, just a, another horrible story, <laughs> you know, I didn't get too into it, but yeah, I mean, it just, Yeah bigotry is bad be kind to each other wow yeah I didn't I mean I don't think I would have known I I never heard of the street for sure I had heard of that case I'm pretty sure from morbid which Ash and Elena are great like give them a listen if you listen to us and maybe tell them we listen to them because they're wonderful but <laughs> yeah. yeah um well, and, the, and the you know I don't know if they covered it I'm not sure if they shared this but that you know I didn't want to give the killer too much time you know because I don't think he deserves too much time oh absolutely um, it's, not, it his, it's seem, not his story <laughs> yeah it did seem like he wasn't very remorseful at all um you know and, and then he I, I think he even made some kind of statement I didn't write it down because you know mm -hmm. it kind of pissed me off um but he made some kind of statement well like I didn't know how many times I stabbed him I was just trying to have sex with him and it's like no you weren't trying to have sex with him you were trying to assault and rape him <laughs> you know like like let's use the proper terminology. Um, yeah. Oh, that pisses me off when people won't even like acknowledge that they're assaulting or raping a person. Yeah. To say like, I was trying to have sex with him. He clearly was not down and that becomes assault and rape, you know, or um, even what they were 12 years old, right? 12 yeah, they old? were 12 and he was 17. Hmm. I mean, technically, I mean, I don't know what the age of consent is in Australia, but here that wouldn't fly. I'm pretty sure. So yeah. I yeah, yeah. I, horrible 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 person when I don't know if I said this earlier but he did get two consecutive life sentences for that so um you know and and um the judge did make a comment that like he didn't show those boys any mercy so he's not going to show him any mercy even though he was a young age I mean, he was 18 by the time he went to trial mm -hmm. um so they tried him as an adult but um but yeah you know I just I, I'm glad he got what was coming to him but you know those yeah. families you know, you never recover from something like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, we watch a lot of true crime and we're kind of 
just talking <laughs> about random things at this point, but it just reminds me a lot of like when you watch like, well, John Walsh's new show, aka the star of um, America's Most Wanted, but he has this new show called The Hunt and he just like does not hold anything back and it makes me so happy. But like there was one time where like a little boy got murdered and he was like, and these bastards are just cowards. They chose the easy, like he just goes off and I'm like, John Walsh. (laughs) Like given his history, you know, he has, I mean, honest, which is angry and yeah. I mean, of yeah, course, but he has the right to be angry, but. Yeah, yeah. but I, I'm really glad that he was somebody who was able to use his grief for good because he's done so much good for so many people. He's really done an amazing, like, people, I think, who don't know, like, John Walsh deserves, like, a Nobel Peace Prize for, like, whatever. Like, I don't even know what that would be. He's just done amazing work. And, like, even, like, his new show, it's going, like, international and it's looking at different types of cases. And I... Yeah, I've been kind of falling in that rabbit hole just because I love John Walsh. But um, yeah, this is one of those where I love the sassy judges who just go off on their their defendants for being horrible people. It's like the guy who went off on Ted Bundy or, you know, whatever. It's like, you know, you just want to clap, but you can't. Yeah. 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 well, and, you know, again, I was there to see some World Cup games um, and yeah. had a great time. And the people and the cities were just so beautiful and people were so nice. Um, so highly recommend. I definitely <laughs> want to go back to both places. Um, yeah. You know, and then, you know, I'm just going to throw this out there because, you know, we got to support more women's sports. So, <laughs> if you, yeah, so if you all are a fan of soccer, the WNBA or any of that stuff, please support because. Yeah. You know, they're up and coming. They're finally getting um, a little bit more equal treatment in some areas. I know some countries are not quite there. We in America are making strides, not as quickly as we should, uh, but we are making strides. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know, support those women. They bust their ass to do what they do and they are fierce. And uh, if you're from New Zealand, your haka against (laughs) England was fire. I would not have wanted to face you. good. (laughs) Because <laughs> were very intense, it would have scared the shit out of me. Um, so mm. I just loved that energy. I love the, um, you know, yeah, just using, you know, sharing something that's a, a cultural tradition in that setting, you know, to where everybody can witness it. It was just amazing. So, um, yeah, so that's my my uh, soapbox for today: support women's sports. <laughs> oh, absolutely, and I mean, I. I just feel like, I mean, even like the WNBA has like half the number of teams as the NBA does. And like, maybe we should add some more women's teams because like, I, in my, I mean, we need to support them so they can get more teams, obviously, but like, we should support, we should love. Um, yeah, it's just awesome. They're amazing that athletes. They are. Honestly, a lot of them are stronger than the men. Let's be real. So. <laughs> yep. I don't know. They flop a lot less and cry, you know, don't, don't whine and cry quite as much. So. Oh, absolutely. And they'll like play until they're about to give birth. I mean, they're just, they're beasts. Like they're so strong and so wonderful. So yeah. Yeah. Well, is there anything, I feel like we've like spiraled to like such a wild Well, place. you know, it was, was kind of a way? shorter, shorter story. Um, oh, okay. But, awesome. know, I, I did want to let everybody know, um, you know, for next month, uh, that Alana and I are planning to introduce you all to flights and kegs. And so the flights will be 
you know, kind of shorter stories, but we'll have multiple tastings. <laughs> so there may be multiple stories in one episode. Um, and then the kegs will be bigger stories that we'll need more time to cover. Um, and so depending on the length of the story, it'll either be longer episode. Um, and we might share some of those episodes where we'll each cover part of it. Um, and some of those episodes might end up being two episodes, just depending on the length. So we are going to be introducing our flights and kegs next month. So make sure yeah. you check out the Instagram and all the other, you know, feeds so that you can know when and where to catch those. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I was going to say, we did create a Patreon. Um, so if you go ahead and follow us on what, um, oh my gosh, why are you, I apologize. My phone is ringing and for some reason my do not disturb failed, um, <laughs> but um, my apologies, but we did set up a Patreon. Um, if you look up what the ALM Patreon, we're there. We have a few posts about our episodes and things. Um you know, if you were to subscribe and be a member of our Patreon, um, we might do exclusive episodes, Q&As about certain things. Um, we could even do, we were talking about maybe doing like each of us doing a daily post that was kind of our own thing and um, just doing like good like manifestation, positive energy type things. Um, we just really want to like connect with you all on like a, a nice platform that isn't super confusing. So um, yeah, feel free to follow the Patreon or subscribe. And um, we noticed that we've had a few listeners on our first two episodes. We're very excited about that. Uh, we even got someone in Belgium listening. So like, I'm just baffled that someone in Belgium is listening to us. Um, I think that's really cool. Well, you know, and for that, <laughs> you know, we got that person right in because I've been to Belgium only once and it was very brief. And I mm -hmm. asked somebody, oh, you know, if I'm only in Belgium for one day, what should I eat? And I thought they would say waffles or I don't know, something. And they said French fries. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I just want some feedback. Is Belgium known for their French fries? Because that's what Didn't I was they told create to the French fries. I don't thing? know. They, I mean, they were delicious, but they were fries, you know. So, but that's <laughs> what I was told that when in Belgium, <laughs> eat French fries. <laughs> All right. Well, I feel like we eat a lot of French fries when we're in Europe. If you're in Spain, you got the patatas. If you, you know, we, yeah. we're a potato French fry type of family. So yeah. maybe we should do a show in Belgium someday. You know, who knows? <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> you know, I like to travel, girl. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and then we got to get more stamps on our passports now that we got brand new ones. <laughs> I know, except for they're not giving stamps anymore. It's very sad. I know. I got a stamp when I went to Helsinki but I was really hoping I'd get one like in Spain and in Finland and I only got one and I was so mad about it yeah I didn't so. get one in Spain New Zealand or Australia and those were my three trips this year I didn't get any stamps at all it was very sad I was disappointed that's wild but I guess that doesn't make sense because you had a layover in London like London's not part of the e I don't understand not I didn't get a stamp in London either yeah they just passed me through so yeah no stamps I was so disappointed Bring um, back the stamps. That's my <laughs> decree. <laughs> I agree. All right. Well, I guess we've kind of rattled on long enough about all sorts of random things, friends. But um, like I said, follow us on socials. We're going to get those. I believe the flights are going to come out on the first of the month and the kegs are going to come out mid-month sometime just on a random day. Um, just to make sure we, you know, are getting some content out there. Like I said, some of these big stories just take a long time and we want to give them justice and like you know, the best possible storytelling we can. So um, yeah, Mama, is there anything else you want to add on? I just want to say I appreciate you. <laughs> well, I appreciate you and we appreciate you all listeners. Um, have a good night and 
you know, we'll see you next time. All right. Thanks, guys.